ethos. Do you consider yourself a positive person? Uh, define positive? Optimistic. Sometimes. Maybe. That's what we want to talk about today. What's it mean to be positive and can you take it too far? That's the subject of today's podcast. It's the next simple step. I'm Paul Goldsmith. I'm Angela Derrick. I heard this term, toxic positivity, and I wondered, do I ever cross over into that? And what exactly does that mean? So when you hear the term toxic positivity, what do you think of, Angela? I mean, it almost, it sounds to me like it's an oxymoron, right? It's like, how can, how can positivity possibly be toxic? Yeah, too much of a good thing. Like, what's up with that? Right. What would that even look like? When somebody loses their job or, or maybe gets skipped over for a promotion and then someone says, look on the bright side. Or maybe you lose a loved one and a well-intentioned friend says, it'll be okay. They're in a better place. Or how about when you're feeling sad about anything and then somebody just says, don't be sad. Mm. Those are real life examples of toxic positivity. I can totally understand that. And I see people do this to themselves all the time, especially in my line of work where we're doing life coaching and healing, trying to, to heal certain behaviors and certain patterns and stuff like that. A lot of times it can stem from people just trying to avoid or deny how they feel. And if you don't allow yourself to feel sad or to feel any of the negative things and you just push those bad feelings aside and say, you know what? You're right. He's in a better place. I should just get over it. I should just move on. I should just, I, I lost, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. That's not truthful. And to me, to have true, authentic positivity it has to be rooted in truth. Positivity has to be rooted in truth. And so when you're telling somebody, oh, you know what? Y you did your best. It's okay. It's okay. You'll get it next time. Don't cry. That's one you hear a lot, right? Don't cry. Oh, don't cry. Don't cry. Yep. I don't like that. And I know sometimes it can come out of my mouth at times with my kids, not because I don't want them to cry, but you have kids. You know how this works. It's not always real crying. Like sometimes it's fake crying to manipulate you. <laughs> and at those times, it's kind of like, I'm going to go with, I think this is a fake cry. Please don't cry. Stop crying. <laughs> you know, but if someone's legitimately, their heart is broken and they're disappointed and they're feeling any of those feelings, then to steamroll those emotions and say, don't cry. It's going to be okay. Just shake it off. Just, you know, it's, he's in a better place. Just think about that. Right. That's the lack of empathy. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's just a matter of not denying your human emotions. And so I think it starts with ourselves and being compassionate for ourselves and feeling our feelings, but not staying stuck there when you're being there for somebody else. It's not on your time frame; it's on theirs. So just saying something like, that must be really hard, or I'm listening, or maybe asking them, how can I help encourage you? What do you need? and letting someone else know their feelings are valid and that failure is sometimes a part of life, but it's not permanent. Yeah. And this speaks to something that I've studied and I really encourage anyone else that's curious about honestly anything in life. Everything in life has to do with emotions and how we handle emotions and how we, how we navigate through emotions. And everything that we want in life is based upon emotions. 
And when you learn, it's called emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. When you start to dive into the pool of emotional intelligence, this is where you learn to actually have mastery over the emotional process and feel less like the emotions are happening to us and more like our emotions are feedback that's important that I get to be over top of. That I get to, and, and it's a really fascinating topic, at least for me, because this is kind of my zone of where I like to work with people in. But what you're talking about is a lot of us, we're not raised with emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is really nothing more than validating, I feel this, and that's valid, and that's okay. And a lot of us instead got the messages from school, peers, parents, authority figures, just environmental at work, things like that. Well, mostly this is stuff that we formed, you know, before the age of seven. So probably not work, but sports teams, things like that, that we need to move on from our emotion or we didn't get the validation of the emotion. We got a judgment. Stop acting so spoiled. That kind of a thing. Stop crying. What are you, baby? Right. Or don't be a baby. Yeah, don't be a baby. I think we have to stop defining ourselves by our emotions. Emotions are something we feel and they're telling us something. Life is hard and we don't always live up to our aspirations. In fact, I think most of the time we don't live up to our aspirations. So how do you stay positive in light of that, knowing you're not going to achieve everything you want to achieve or be everything you want to be? How do you stay positive? So I think we should make a distinction in this conversation between the toxic positivity, which is really not positivity. It's, it's disavowing what you or somebody else is feeling, all right, and steamrolling that, and being a positive-minded person. Yes. Because if you are a positive-minded person, you are going to feel bad feelings. And the bad feelings will actually aid your positivity, believe it or not. Because the purpose of feelings is to drive you into action. The purpose of feelings is to try to support you believe it or not, even the bad ones. And I literally was working with a client on this this morning, where it was a feeling of being heavy. She was feeling stressed. She was feeling like a big weight in her heart. She was feeling heavy. She was feeling sad and lost. And when we unpacked that, we discovered that all of these feelings of sadness, loss, heaviness, all things that nobody wants to feel, right? They were all trying to drive her into taking action for something that she wanted to do. In her case, she wanted to lose weight. But instead of reacting to those negative feelings by saying, you know what, the truth is I need to deal with this. I don't like this and I need to deal with this. Instead of doing that, she would just eat more because she didn't see the emotions for what they were trying to do, which is get her something positive, get her something good, spur her into action to go a different direction. Yes. And your will is really in that in-between. So identifying what you're feeling and then deciding how you want to move forward. And I love how Brene Brown makes this distinction because feeling guilty can be a good thing. It informs you, maybe you made a choice you don't want to make again in the future. You cut somebody off in traffic and you feel guilty about that. Right. Uh, Well, it's like, okay, that's not your identity, but don't do that again. <laughs> Be more cognizant of the people around you and and not cut them off. But if you feel shame, that's about identity, that that defines your being. And I happen to believe we're all sacred. We're all wonderful beings. We're not good or bad, but behaviors can be good or bad. 
And so if you're feeling guilty about a particular behavior, analyze what it is about that behavior that you want to change. And most of our activities, our daily lives by default are just our habits. And we don't really think about every single choice we make. So if you're feeling a certain kind of way, you may want to make different choices and install a new habit. And I really think that that's powerful because that helps us be better versions of ourselves and not denying our reality. So I liked how you uh, distinguish having a positive mindset. Sometimes I think the pursuit of happiness is actually making us less happy right? because we didn't have an idealistic day. Things didn't always go our way. Newsflash, life comes at you fast. A lot of things today aren't going to go the way maybe you had intended because most of life in the world is going on without your permission. It's just about identifying how you want to show up in the world. And when you have a behavior that doesn't feel right, identifying what it is about that you want to change. And let me make another important distinction here, because I love everything you said. And everything you said is correct. Where sometimes I see people get that wrong is they conflate, I did something bad and I am bad. Yes. And that is where it's like, we can look at what we don't like, but we don't have to make it mean something that isn't true. And that's where a lot of people like, especially with shame, right? We've all done something in our lives at some point we were ashamed of. I would, I would venture a guess, every single, whether it was a big thing or a small thing, right? We've all, on some level, I would imagine, have experienced, ooh, I feel shame for doing X, Y, Z, right? But the difference between somebody with a positive mindset and somebody who stays stuck punishing themselves, judging themselves, is, ooh, I did that, and I don't like that I showed up as that person. I don't like that I behaved that way, like you said. Yes. But that doesn't mean I'm bad. That's right. It means I made a mistake. It means I did this and I didn't, and I don't like the result and ooh, don't do that. That's why we don't do that. Okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to correct that mistake. And saying, oh, you know what? I messed up. That means I'm bad. I'm always bad. Yes, and that feedback informs us. I think sometimes we have to make the same mistake over and over until we learn the lesson and it doesn't make any less painful, but it's such an aha moment when you figure that out. And it's different for each one of us, different things, but that distinction being self-talk. Don't say anything to yourself because I think we're our own harshest critic. Don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to your seven-year-old. You wouldn't say to your seven-year-old, you're so fat or you're so stupid, but people say that to themselves all the time, or you're not good enough. Rather frame it in terms of an action or a behavior. So I didn't eat as healthy as I'd like to yesterday, or I'm not at a healthy weight, but I'd like to change that, right? So that has nothing to do with who you are as a person and merely a behavior. That's the toughest thing, I think, for a lot of people, because when I talk to people and I will literally use that exercise, I'll be like, okay, now tell that to your seven-year-old kid. Now tell that to your four-year-old kid. And they're like, I can't, I can't do that. It's like, why not? Well, they don't deserve it, but you do? Yes. This is where it comes down to, it's, it is what you believe. And how do we shift out of that? well, we got to change how you believe. A lot of people really say, no, I, I'm unworthy. I deserve to say those things. And I say, well, why? Because it's true. And you get caught in this feedback loop of, I'm bad. Well, because it's true, because I behave bad. So therefore, I am bad. So therefore, when you get into this, this feedback loop, this cycle, 
And it's hard to change it. And so you challenge that belief, like you just said, well, that doesn't mean that you're bad. How do you know it means that you're bad? What if your friend were doing this? What would you say to them, right? And that's the place where people tend to get stuck. And that I think is the difference between the positive mindset and people who do get stuck often or who have that negative type of a mindset. And when I get depressed, that's why I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of consider myself a positive person. When I'm at my best, I'm a positive person. But I can get stuck in bouts of depression and they can be really vicious. And those are the times when I might feel like, no, I'm a failure. No, I'm this. I have the propensity to want to judge myself that way. But that's where you have to go back to truth. And you have to kind of take emotion out of that. If you're stuck in that negative feedback loop, I think that's where coaches can be helpful. That's why both you and I are coaches and have coaches ourselves. Or you know, if you have some trauma that you need to process, I mean, therapy is very beneficial. And maybe it's a therapist, but finding the tools or just surrounding yourself with more positive mindset people. Because unfortunately, we know that negativity is contagious, but so is positivity. Negativity is a very powerful driver of emotions. Uh, You think about social media and all of the things that are used to stir people up in negative emotions and get outraged. Mm -hmm. But instead, unfollow those accounts. I mean, choose to disengage. And all of these things are happening in the world. How about just being present in your world? And what's happening in your home, in your family, in your neighborhood? And how can you show up and be the best version of yourself today? And that's why I start every day with a gratitude journal. There's no magic other than the fact that it primes my brain to focus in on the abundance, on what's working. You know, if you buy a new car, you buy a red car, all of a sudden you start noticing other red cars like yours yeah. that you never noticed that many cars like that before. We notice what we pay attention to, mm-hmm. you gravitate toward it. And back to the driving analogy, if you are staring on the side of the road, you will veer off the road and hit the thing you're staring at. That is so true of our life. Where focus goes, energy flows. There you go. Anthony yeah. Robbins. Tony Robbins. He always talks about that. And it's so true. And you mentioned doing a gratitude journal. It's so interesting that I made that a must as part of my brain training to do just really quick five minutes of gratitude every single day and some other mind work exercises. And in my business, I've had record months. Wow. And I and I equate the two together because when you are grateful, you just see the world different. And when you see the world different, you're going to believe different. You're going to make things mean different. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go well, because there are some areas in my life right now that are very challenging. I'll give you a for instance, I'm learning how to trade. I'm learning how to trade in the stock market. I've got an amazing mentor. And right now I'm so frustrated with my limitations, with what I know and some of the decisions. I'm like, ah, I can't get this. Oh, so frustrated, right? But it doesn't mean I'm going to always be a bad trader. It doesn't mean I'm always going to not know what I'm doing. I'm always, right? And so when you start the day, even when things aren't going well, and you're like, I'm going to find things to be grateful for. I'm going to find meaning in this. Then when I sit down and I look at everything and I say, okay, what's not working? What's the missing piece? What am I missing that they're getting results and I'm not here in this area of my life? What's the missing piece? I can be more resourceful. I can be more creative because I'm not getting stuck in that negative loop and that negative feedback loop of complaining because that's what happens when we 
so yeah, the gratitude, like you said, I do believe there's magic in that. But the magic is in that you're changing your focus. You're choosing to change your focus. There's always good and bad happening at the same time. But if you choose to find the positive and the good, you're going to find more of that and you're going to create more of that. And that's going to give you more power to transform the bad. Yes. And stop viewing your day. And I'm talking to myself as much as anyone else <laughs> in win-lose dichotomy, right? That's right. Yes. It's a zero-sum game. <laughs> it's a miracle that you're alive. And I love the stories of astronauts. There's only been a few hundred people in space at this point. And they have this perspective when they come back that we're just all floating around in space on this little ball and how that gives you perspective about not taking the little things too seriously. You don't have to take it from us. I think a really powerful example, if you haven't read, check out Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl, Holocaust survivor. It doesn't mean having a positive attitude means everything's going to be rosy and going well for you. We take for granted a lot. But he said, when we're no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. Yes. And I think that's so true that stop aiming for success and aim for a positive mindset. Choose to set your mind. Like a thermostat. Exactly. And it's not about your situation. You'll go through tough times. That's kind of a guarantee in this life. And so it's just deciding how you're going to show up in the world. Love it. I love that quote, by the way. Yeah. That sums it up so beautifully. <laughs> when we're no longer able to change the situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. That's where the gold is. I think that's a good place then we can end. Yes. If you need some more encouragement in your life, we'd love to help. You can text the hotline. It's 559 574 Three, two, one, zero. Thanks for listening to the next Simple Step Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.